Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. On today's episode, we got a chance to talk with Sally and Nathan Clarkson. They are mother and son and also co-authors of the book Different, the story of an outside-the-box kid and the mom who loved him. It was one of our most unique episodes because, first of all, we got to interview two people at once, and we covered three time zones, which is pretty neat, too. Uh, Sally and Nathan uh, talked about their relationship, how it's grown from childhood until now, and covered some of the things that Nathan has experienced as a child and a young adult, some of the things that make him quote-unquote different, and how Sally has nurtured him to really become the man he is today. And it was an encouraging uh, listen uh, for both people who are parents and not parents, thinking about their future families. Exactly. And uh, Nathan grew up with anxiety and OCD issues, but even if you don't have a child who uh, experienced something like that, I think any parent could relate to the story of just um, how to connect with your your children in a more loving and nurturing and encouraging way. So we hope you check out their book, Different, uh, anywhere books are sold, and you can visit Sally at sallyclarkson.com or Nathan at his website, nathanclarkson.me. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Sally and Nathan Clarkson. Okay, thank you to Sally and Nathan Clarkson for joining us on the podcast today. We're just going to jump right in and talk about your book, Different. Um, Sally, you've written a bunch of books. Nathan, this is your first book. What made you guys decide to write this? Yeah. Um, I really hi, and that. we're so glad to be with you today. <laughs> yeah, hey, everyone. <laughs> But I can answer that question, um, and then I'll let mom address it. But I came to mom uh, a while ago and asked her if she'd be interested in writing a book um, from our unique perspectives. I uh, grew up with a host of uh, mental illnesses and learning disabilities, uh, all of which are can kind of compiled into this word different. And as a kid, they made me feel really different and separated from the world um, and were really hard for a young man to um, to come to grips with. Uh, but as I grew old, I learned to embrace them. I learned to uh, deal with them in healthy ways and even utilize them uh, for my benefit. And um, as I as I talked to so many people around me uh, through the through the years I've been in New York and L.A., I'm finding that I'm not the only one who grew up feeling different. Right? Almost everyone I meet has these places and these things in their lives that make them feel separate from others, that make them feel different. Um, and so it's my hope that through telling these stories, that I'd be able to connect with those people and hopefully give them a, um, uh, some insight into the fact that their differences uh, might actually be good things and can actually be a part of the story that God wants to tell with their lives. So I wanted to write this book and tell my story and how I've come to realize that and how I've um, been able to utilize my differences uh, and so I, I brought it to mom and asked her if she wanted to do it, and she did. And so I think it's really fun to get two different perspectives, one from a kid being a different kid, and then one from someone who loves and raises a different kid. Mm-hmm. That's excellent, Nathan. What do you think, Sally? What was your response to him when Nathan thought of the idea? Uh, you know, it, it's been such a difficult and challenging journey for us because when Nathan was a baby and um, the years beyond, there wasn't as much uh, information available for assessing or testing or whatever. 
And I was uh, raising him in a time when the solution to everything for every child was you just aren't disciplining them enough. And, uh, and somehow, by God's grace, my husband and I thought, that is not the answer. And so we journeyed through studying Nathan, loving him, figuring out what he could respond to, what helped him. And uh, I felt such little support from my friends or even from the church community uh, in general, because I think we're living in a culture, even in the Christian world, that is very works-oriented and how well you do on your SATs and uh, how well you can perform in life and are you teaching them godly character? Are they in self, you know, do they have self-control? And so I, I feel like God had us on a journey so that we could help other people. And I, uh, my first impression was, well, Nathan, are you sure you really want us to tell some of our stories? Because we could never tell all our stories. Um, you know, are you sure that that's okay with you? Because I'm going to be honest about some of my own struggles, because uh, I think it's a struggle to raise any child, let alone a child with a variety of differences in the midst of three other children. And so I, boy, I just love that we wrote this. I think Nathan was brilliant because daily I'm getting letters from people all over the world. Thank you for writing this. I felt alone. I don't know what to do. My life is a mystery. Your first few chapters have helped me. I've started reading it on Amazon or this or that. And I, I'm just so grateful that uh, Nathan is, dear, is truly one of my most kindred spirits and best friends. And I want other people to have hope. So I'm very grateful that he talked me into doing this, that our Tyndale took it quickly because I think it's going to give people permission to take a deep breath, to be themselves, to accept the differences and to say, okay, how can I work within this puzzle that I've been given and make it something uh, manageable and beautiful? And so I, I, I'm so grateful that he came up with the idea and it was very cathartic for me to write it by putting down things and seeing how faithful God had been. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite things about the book is that it goes back and forth between uh, the way the way it's structured um, for people who haven't read it yet. Um, both of you get to write your own perspectives on the different themes throughout the book. Um, was that the original idea or is that kind of grown out of just the fact that you're in two different places? Uh, can you talk a little bit about your, your writing process behind that? Yeah, I feel like um, the, the, any kind of journey, any kind of story um, will always have unique perspectives. Uh, and each of those perspectives are going to speak to different people in different ways and offer a wider perspective overall. Um, so I, I could have just written the book by myself, just written as a, uh, this is my story, this was like being different. Um, but mom has been there from the very beginning of my story uh, through every twist, turn, up and down. And so I thought, I thought it would be really valuable to anyone reading it to get a perspective on not only what it's like to be different, but what it's like to love someone who's different. Um, so I think that just widens the message even more and offers a greater perspective on um, the journey that is one of being different. So I, uh, uh, I was really excited to have um, the two different perspectives in there because I feel like it can, that will enable almost anyone to read it and find a, a point of connection to the stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I really am so glad he planned it. Uh, he suggested it to me at this way at the beginning. Uh, and 
I really think that uh, our story is unique because for some reason, way back when, I have four kids, Nathan's the third, and uh, God really put it in our hearts not to raise our children with cultural and worldly expectations, but to really uh, begin saying, okay, I'm not going to measure them by one set of measurements for intelligence. I'm going to say they are amazing human beings, and God created them with his own hands. What is the capacity in their lives? What is the potential? What do they love? How can they uh, develop their own gifts regardless of the things that are, are maybe insufficient from a measurable point of view? Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, all of us probably long for permission to be flawed and still be okay because we are all flawed and we're all a little bit quirky. And um, yet we're forced daily to try to conform and perform according to the millions of voices that come into our lives. And so I, I love that we could write our story because really, was it hard? Yes. Did I always understand? No. Did Nathan always comply? No. Did he always understand? No. But that we had these foundations of unex, uh, unconditional love and of speaking forward hope into his life. And uh, I think the journey, I hope, will help a lot of people feel like they aren't alone, that they don't have to condemn themselves, but also that there is hope. It's based on the normal things that all relation, all good relationships have, and that's the foundation of love mm-hmm. and a foundation of endurance and perseverance and excellence, and we're going to make this. We're just going to take one day at a time. Mm, certainly. Absolutely. And yes, Sally, you mentioned you do have three other children. I'm wondering how you as a family, together with your husband, didn't focused on each child individually and I know that's a struggle sometimes with families that have child children that need a little bit more attention to also nurture the others and then to make home a safe place for everybody how Mm -hmm. do you feel like you were able to manage that Uh, I think it was never uh, you know a pendulum is only balanced at one point and it keeps swinging back and forth toward the center and uh our lives weren't a perfect picture of uh, order and control, but I did. I do think that some parents make a mistake when they apologize to their other children for the problems that this child or that child has. And we very clearly said to our children, if it's God's will for us to have children who have OCD, it's God's will for you for us to have children with OCD. And if you respond to it, then God will bless you in the story. And so we always said this is a part that we are a clan. We are a part of each other's lives. And um, I did did look, I looked for time to be alone with all my children, to give them a break from each other, uh, to, uh, you know, even if it was 15 minutes in my room, I have what I call a 15-minute tea time, and I keep cookie dough balls in the freezer, and I bring my kids up to my bedroom, close the door, say everybody else stay out, and, how are you? What's going on? And and uh, tell me, uh, you know, what you're doing. I just want to spend time with you. So I would do alone time in increments. I would, how, you know, are you angry at your brother? Uh, we had, uh, you know, at the end of every day, everybody settles accounts. Um, how are we going to end this day and still have a healthy relationship? And uh, it wasn't easy and it, it was messy, but uh, I think that there is a part at which every family needs to say, okay, this is a 
very long marathon. It's a, you know, it's a long-term race, and we are in it for the long haul. How can we manage it? How can we bring some grace into it? How can we take a break from it? And uh, so it was learning how to put anchors in my life that helped us to live the most sustainable life possible with uh, several of my children actually are uh, have OCD, but it's not their story that they want to tell right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, and Nathan, from your perspective, as you were growing up, um, how did you best feel love and, and, and acceptance and affirmation from your mother and your family as you're growing up, going through these, these difficulties? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, the things I'm very blessed and, and lucky to have had is a supportive family. Um, I think that uh, one of the, the major factors in me becoming a um, healthy adult uh, even with these, even with the myriad of differences, is the fact that I was allowed to be raised and exist in an environment in which uh, who I truly was was supported. I was never expected to be uh, someone else. I was never expected to be my brother or my sister, who were vastly different than me. I was never expected to be the ideal of a child that often culture and society has in their minds. I was expected to be no one more than the person that God created me. And that person was loud and sometimes asked too many questions and liked to move and run and jump. And while I had training and I had to learn how to control myself and I had to learn how to mature in some of these things, I was never asked to be anyone I wasn't. So I think that is the way um, I can look back and go, oh, I really was loved. That each of my brothers and sisters and my mom and my dad were all encouraged to love each other, not just me, love each other for who individually God had created us to be. Mm-hmm. even if that's far different than who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it clear here, uh, I am not an unselfish person. And uh, <laughs> all of my children tested my selfishness on a daily basis. <laughs> and so sometimes I had to act in a mature way, though I didn't feel like acting in a mature way. And sometimes I would get angry, and sometimes I would stomp out the room. In other words... Uh, I think it was our commitment, and that we always had a place to go back to uh, while a being foundation in between. of love and acceptance. Yeah, and I feel like at, at our home, it was very important to me, probably because of my own background, where I didn't always feel understood. I just wanted Nathan to be able to be himself here and explore life, as well as my other children. And I, I just feel like guilt uh, never, ever helps any of us. Uh, guilt that is uh, false guilt. You know, to make a child feel guilty for not being able to be in control. When I look at Nathan now, he's one of the most vibrant, out-of-the-box, artistic, idealistic, bigger-than-life people I know. That's who he was as a little boy in an immature way. And so I feel like to condemn children for not being a certain way just gives them a legacy of unnecessary guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sally, you just mentioned a couple of the positive ways that you're seeing how the Lord made Nathan. And Nathan, this question is more for you. You're a writer, you're an actor, you're an artist. You wrote and produced and starred in the movie Confessions of a Prodigal Son. How have you seen your unique gifting be a positive thing? Because I see you do these things, and I personally could not do those things. So how have you seen it be a positive thing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a mentality that we, we want to force people into a box and had that happened early on, I don't, I, and had these things about me, these, um, 
parts of my personality that have helped me been trained out. I don't think I would have done these things. Um, but I have seen like my, I've always had just boundless energy in a lot of ways. And had that been uh, squelched or pushed down, I don't think I would have had the, the drive to go out and want to accomplish things. Um, or uh, even from early age, I, I had a mind that worked in abstract. I wasn't good at math. I wasn't good at spelling. Um, but I loved abstract ideas and creativity. And had I been forced into a box that I wasn't made to live in, I don't know if I ever would have written or would have um, or learned how to draw or play music. Um, so I have seen, because my mom and my family accepted these strengths that came along with the weaknesses of who I was, I've been able to take those um, and turn them into something good. Uh, I, I have energy and creativity and um, all these things about me that I love and I utilize today, but so often as a kid, they can be um, condemned and uh, squelched just because they're hard to, um, to test and hard to fit into a box that we can control. But because my mom was willing to live without control, I'm able to use those things today um, that are the, the story that God is telling with my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're really convicting me here because I'm a father of a very energetic, strong-willed three-year-old. <laughs> so it makes me kind of look at him differently like all these things you can't get away from the word different can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like all all the um struggles we have there's there's positive in there that we want to nurture and and grow that i could see how in you know 20 years he could end up maybe maybe he'll uh produce and star in his own movie absolutely <laughs> well you know nathan is a it used to always drive me crazy that he is kind of an arguer uh because you know you're trying just to control life but i started seeing that he was brilliant uh, you know he spelling wasn't a strength math wasn't a strength but he thought a lot and he asked questions and he pushed the boundaries and he's one of the uh really sharpest apologists that i know he studies apologetics and all these great speakers and I think what if parents could look at their children when they're three and they're little boys and they're wild and say thank goodness we need some more wild strong people in the world and I'm gonna harness that and and I'm gonna see forward as the uh, there have to be leaders that are convicted about apologetics and are convicted about sharing their faith and uh, I see that in Nathan and uh, I think a lot of parenting philosophy is focused on control and maybe God doesn't want us to control maybe he wants us to shape and train but to really love the child as they are that he gave to us I've heard a lot of um, in my time at my mom's conference and stuff I've had a lot of moms come up to me and talk to me about their uh, quote unquote wild kids mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know they're overly energetic kids it's interesting what's, what strikes me that maybe um, happens is I think sometimes when we look at our kids, um, we say, how do we control this wildness? How do we stop this wildness and this energy as opposed to uh, thinking maybe in a different ways, how is God going to use this wildness? How is God going to use this energy? And I think that might be um, a, a, just a different way to look at things. And that's not to say you just let your kids... Uh, do whatever they want. You, uh, my mom was very hands-on in training me and guiding, but she wasn't so much trying to stop uh, my energy or stop my wildness, but instead focus it into healthy, um, into, into healthy avenues that would ultimately lead to my success as a, a healthy adult. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There was an um, old movie and, and literature piece of, was it the Black Stallion, Nathan, or was it the... Um... It, yeah, it's called the Black Stallion, but it's about a wild stallion. And the stallion was powerful and beautiful and wild, and I used to say to Nathan, Nathan, in order to win the race, he had to learn to accept the reins mm-hmm. and, um, and focus his power in a direction so he could run the fastest race. And, um, and that kind of made sense to him because I said, you are... You are Mr. Powerful Man, your muscle man, but you have to learn to accept the reins so you can run the race well. And um, so it's a both and. It's a yes, God has made them powerful. Yes, God has given us as parents to help them harness who they are so that they can be productive. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to say it, Sally. And I think that's how all of us, no matter how we are made or the intricacies or uniqueness that we have, we have to learn to challenge our gifts and our abilities and even things that we struggle with. Because if it's all over the place, it's not going to go forward in a good momentum. Um, So if you are both to give a piece of advice um, to our listeners, either, you know, someone like you, Nathan, who is frustrated with maybe how they're made or not sure how to use their gifts, and then you, Sally, as a mom and as a wife, um, what would, yeah, what would be one, one word of encouragement? I would say to anyone listening um, who feels different and who feels alone because of those differences, uh, don't hate your differences. I know they can be tough right now. I know they can be alienating right now. Um, but the older you get, learn to embrace them because they just might be the conduit uh, for the success that you have waiting for you and I truly believe that our differences are the way that God wants to use us so he wants to use us not in spite of our differences but because of them Mm -hmm. so I hope to anyone listening who like me has those differences that can make them feel alone um, have hope uh, your differences are beautiful Mm -hmm. I think I would say that to just to breathe in the peace of God. Uh, it was as though God whispered to me, this is a long journey. Um, I will be with you. I will be with your child. And uh, it, the, the differences that Nathan has, especially with the uh, different mental illness, uh, the OCD and mental illness and different things, um, it's never going to go away. It's probably never going to go away. And uh, it, does, it didn't go away over Christmas. And he struggles really with things and I think that I would say fall in love with your child and have compassion and sympathy and accept this as a journey that God has called you to do for his glory together Uh, I need my friends and family to support me and to see my vulnerabilities and weaknesses and still love me and uh, I think that just to know that uh, it's a normal uh, issue to have different children to be different yourself uh, God will do exceedingly above what you can imagine I mean I couldn't imagine any of my children producing a movie at such a young age uh, but God really opened doors for Nathan he was so faithful and just to really decide to endure with grace to, to live into it to grow into it to give yourself freedom and peace to become the person you need to be as a parent and uh, to understand that it might be the best part of your story on earth that you write, mm-hmm. that faithfulness to the puzzle piece that God has given to you. It's a way of worshiping God and saying, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice. 
we will accept the day you've given us, we will accept this child, and I know that you will be faithful. Mm -hmm. As we're kind of getting to the end of our time here, I just want to ask one last question. Um, I, I know it's probably, we probably have people listening who are in different stages of parenthood. Maybe they're about to have a child, or maybe they have a toddler, or teenagers, or adult children. Um, where you are now um, as a mother and son, can you um, kind of just maybe give some hope to <laughs> some people who uh, might have younger children who they're struggling, struggling with that um, what, what their relationship can turn into later? Uh, yeah. I, go ahead, oh, Nate. Go ahead. No, no, I, you go ahead. I want to think about it for a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I, I can just touch uh, real simply on this. Um, I can't. I can't imagine what I, I don't have any kids, so I don't know what it's like to be a parent, and I don't know what it's like to be mom raising me. Um, I can't even imagine that. Um, just <laughs> trying to raise myself, um, but um, I can imagine at times it must have been uh, really hard, really frustrating, really lonely. She probably felt like she was doing the wrong things. Um, she probably felt like she uh, was failing at points. Um, but because of her faithfulness to God and her trust in him uh, and her trust to the principles that he's laid out of love and grace um, and commitment, um, it's enabled us to build this friendship through my entire life that even now at 27, as I live in New York or L.A. or wherever, that I still um, call her uh, multiple times a week because she is my best friend because we created that relationship. Uh, she's, she is my confidant. She's the one I turn to who I've learned throughout the years as a safe person even in my differences, even in my struggles, to turn to uh, and receive unconditional love and advice. So I would encourage any moms and kids out there, uh, no matter how young you are, start building that relationship of unconditional love, of listening, of connection, because it is something that will last an entire lifetime if you cultivate it now. And I would so agree. I, uh, I really feel like God, uh, children are a blessing, it says in Scripture. And I think that God even actually designs and knows and understands our children were fearfully and wonderfully made, even in a fallen world where there are difficulties. And I feel like if, if we bow our will, so to speak, and say, okay, God, I am your person, and so I will accept this situation with grace. I don't understand it. and not always successful, but I'm going to embrace uh, the reality of my limitations, and I'm going to bring beauty and goodness and love into this place and watch you fill in the cracks that I'm not capable of doing. I think a lot of parenting is about resting in God, doing basic things, loving, and then living by faith every day that somehow uh, God will lead us on the right path. It's a, it's a faith uh, rest sort of walk uh, because if you fight against your life every single day, you'll just be worn out every day and be angry. And um, I realize that just submitting to God and trusting him and letting him work um, gave me one of the biggest blessings I've ever had, which is Nathan. What a beautiful story. I just, I cannot wait until I get a chance to read the book. We have an advanced copy here that um, we both looked through and I've just so appreciated your in-person perspective. It was just such a joy to have you both on the call um, because we know it's, it's not the story it is without either one of you. So if our listeners would like to learn more about you, find you online, how could they do that? Uh, they can visit me at nathanclarkson.me and it has all my information and stuff and blog and 
and I'd love to hear from you. So shoot me an email, and I and I love to get in conversations with cool people from around the globe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have a, a blog uh, called SallyClarkson.com, and uh, people can email me there or or find my all my information there. And uh, I also have a, a ministry which is WholeHeart.org, and that's really where I get my mail. My office takes it. And then uh, I usually get to hear from all the people that write. So it's sallyclarkson.com and wholeheart, W-H-O-L-E-H-E-A-R-T dot O-R-G. Great. And the book is different, and it's available for pre-order everywhere books are sold. And um, we're excited for people to go out and read it. We are, too. (laughs) Me, too. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for this uh, interview today. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Have a great afternoon. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.